dubbed the original chill pill by Psychology Today, magnesium is a mineral you definitely need to know more about, especially considering that the majority of us are probably getting insufficient amounts or taking other supplements that might be competing with magnesium. In today's episode, we're zeroing in on just this one mineral, why you need it, subtle signs that suggest you may need more, and how you can up your intake. You'll get advice on how to pick a magnesium supplement and also learn about a very unexpected way to get more magnesium. Let's dive in. I am really excited to introduce our expert today. She has so much knowledge and experience. So Ashley Koff is a registered dietitian. She is an award-winning nutrition expert, and she helps lead the national conversation on better nutrition as a speaker, an author, a media, and industry expert. Beyond running her thriving integrative nutrition practice for 20 years with top entertainment and national leaders, she is also the founder of the Better Nutrition Program, which is a company dedicated to providing personalized nutrition tools and programs for practitioners and businesses. She is a highly sought after strategic nutrition consultant for a long list of companies. I am so very impressed. She is also the author of two books, a contributor to three practitioner publications. She was an on-air dietitian for three reality TV shows, and she has been a regular contributor for national media outlets like Dr. Oz, The Today Show, Good Morning America, and then magazines like Prevention and Fitness. She was selected among CNN's top 100 health makers. She was recognized in the top 10 social health makers in nutrition and among the top 50 natural influencers in health and nutrition to follow on Twitter. She was also selected for the first list of top 10 registered dietitians in the U.S. by Today's Dietitian magazine. I mean, her accolades are amazing, and we're going to have her talk to us about magnesium. I'm so excited, but I do have to ask one thing before we jump into magnesium. What reality shows were you a consultant for? Oh, goodness. So, and it was actually really fun. I just ran into uh, my winning uh, couple from Shedding for the Wedding. So Shedding for the Wedding was uh, one of our shows and I hadn't seen them in, gosh, like 10 or 15 years. I had, I've been, you know, connected on social media, but I hadn't seen them in person. Um, so I just saw them. So that was really funny. So we did Shedding for the Wedding. Uh, another a show was called Love Handles. Um, and then I always forget the name of this other one, um, which is so bad of me. It'll it'll come to me, but it's um, with Dr. Ian. I it was the oh celebrity makeover. I couldn't remember oh, what it was. Yeah, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, you live in Los Angeles. You practice in Los Angeles. Um, it's kind of funny because when I tell people I was on reality TV shows, they think like I was the, and I'm like, oh no, I was the dietitian on there. But the, you know, <laughs> you know, you always have to. It's like, oh yeah, I mean, you know, hey, you never know if you were the one on the on the show or whatever. But Um, Really interesting. I would say as a practitioner, one of the really interesting things is what you do for TV is rarely what you do actually for the individuals to help them get better. So it was like having two full-time jobs in addition to my private practice. So before anyone thinks it's a really awesome thing to do and they race off to go do it, it's, uh, you know, consider your time commitment if you really want to get the outcomes for the individuals, you know, versus what they what they want you to be doing for TV. On yeah, that part. I'm sure it's hard to yeah. find a balance. In right. There. It's part yeah. like yeah. advising and then part some form of acting, reality TV acting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
And yeah. so I was just free basing magnesium the whole time because I was like, oh my yeah. gosh, the amount of stress my body is under. It's like That's crazy. the perfect segue. Crazy. So there's our segue. That's right. Yeah. Oh, that was amazing. So Carolyn and I, um, we each have like our pet nutrients. And this was one of the reasons why when we realized that you were such like a magnesium um yeah, guru, that we were like, oh, gosh, we just really, we hope she says yes to talking to us. So um, I am obsessed with fiber. It is like, it's like my nutrient that if anybody's like, if they want to talk about nutrition, I'm like, tell me about your fiber intake. Like, it's just, yes. I don't know why. It's just, I think it's from like being in magazines for so long. Like it has so many like weight loss benefits. I don't know. And then anyway, Carolyn... I'm vitamin D, team vitamin D. Ah, pre, and this yes. was pre-COVID, pre-COVID. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, like I love D, it. I like D, or I was owned to D way before it was cool to like D. Yes. Yes, totally. <laughs> like when, when, yeah. And just realizing on that part. And what's so great about it is magnesium is essential for both of those. Like it's in collaboration with both of those. So we can definitely uh, chat about it. But yeah, I've been a uh, legitimately a publicist for magnesium for 20 years. So, I mean, paid, I, there were times where I was paid on that part, but there there have also been, you know, for me, like you, it was personal experience and I will just talk to anyone about magnesium. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So why magnesium or what, what, what made you dive into magnesium or become, you know, a spokesperson for magnesium at times? Sure. Well, first and foremost, what I left out of my bio is that I started my career selling sugared cereals to America and around the world and telling you to eat more of them because they provided you more energy. And I helped legally. I wasn't, I was on the advertising side, so I was not a dietitian, but I helped legally like get claims like this cereal provides you more, you know, X than anything. And it had nothing to do with fiber. Let's, you know, be clear <laughs> on that part. But if we could say more energy, it was because there was just more sugar in it. And so I think, you know, my early, like that marketing time period, I thought a lot about like how we actually market things and what we're able to say, you know, in, in that part. So a lot of my work has been debunking or coming back and saying, what is actually, what do we actually need to talk about, you know, in, in that space? On a personal front, the other reason I became a dietitian was I had always just had belly issues and I had no idea. I thought I like was a bad at, you know, in the eighties, I was just bad at losing weight. My friends could go on these diets and you know, that wouldn't work or as a like very modest athlete, um, like a, not a good athlete, let's just be clear. But, you know, I would see like people who exercised and did all of these things and nothing for me kind of ever worked. And it really all came together in this like horrible, just hot mess in my early twenties in Manhattan, working in advertising. I had panic attacks. I had digestive issues. I at one point in time even had skin issues and I couldn't put any of that together. And I went on all of these like over the years, probably like all of us, all these drama diets, like all of these, you know, avoid this, skip this, only eat this, like all these different things to the point that I was a, in my early twenties, I was doing yoga twice a day. I was a macrobiotic. I mean, I was trying to be fiber, like so healthy, you know, all of these things, um, vegan. And, um, I went to a, in my yoga class, I met someone who was a healer. This is Manhattan, uh, who advised me that, you know, to come over to her house, she would take a look at my blood. I'm pretty sure she pricked it like, and looked at it through a Fisher price microscope. There was nothing <laughs> legit about this. 
And the next thing I know, she told me I had a worm in my digestive system and I needed to go on an eight day goat's milk only cleanse. And I did it. And I was like, I mean, at that point I was so desperate, right? I'd gone to a therapist. I I come from a medical background. Like my parents were just like, you're nuts. I was like, yeah, totally. And I'm in therapy. Like nothing is working for me. And um, after the goat's milk cleanse, when guess what? That didn't work. It worked really well until I started eating anything else, you know, uh, again, I was just completely lost and I had a very fun, I was in the middle of a bar back to drinking because I had given up drinking for a couple of years in the middle of a bar chatting and like literally telling people about my goat's milk cleanse. They're crying, laughing. And I ended up meeting this person who happened to be an integrative gastroenterologist. Like that's how we describe them today. There was no such thing. I mean, this was like the the mid nineties. So the reason I tell this story, this story, number one, is if you're listening and you think you've done something crazy, I've done something crazier. So total empathy, we're there. Um, I understand, like, we need to have you have access to better information. But what happened at that point in time is somebody, that person actually started asking me questions about my health history all the way back to when I was a child, even when I was a baby. What came up was I had been on antibiotics my entire life. I had from early on when I was born, I had ear infections and throat infections to the point that I ruined so many early trips and you know late nights for my parents. They would give me antibiotics even before I had the mm. infection, right? Oh, yeah. So I had, yes, I had nothing going on there in the gut. Now, my family also, we all have different digestive things, like that's our thing, right? You know, in terms of uh, genetically. So what ultimately came out of that was somebody who said to me, and I'll, I, like, I get even teary talking about it, but she was like, hey, you're not doing anything wrong. Like your body doesn't have what it needs. And I had tried increasing fiber. I had tried like all of these different things and just felt sicker and sicker. And as a result, you know, had a lot of uh, emotional or even mental health stuff related to it. Magnesium, she put me on magnesium and she said, your system needs support so that it can relax and it can move better. It was the motility conversation. And it literally changed my life. And that was like in that moment. And she, you know, I had I had to add probiotics. I had to add some good bacteria. She actually was like, the, your favorite foods that you like eating that you've been avoiding, we can start eating them again. So just every level of like what I had been avoiding, what I had been doing. Um, and she came in, you know, from a nutrient replenishment standpoint and changed my life. And at that point, I was that's how I ended up going back to school to become a dietitian. And the role of magnesium is fascinating when you understand it in the body. You know, I could sit here and say it does like 500 things. Just think of it this way. Your body is designed with a stress response and magnesium exists in the cells to turn off the stress response. So everywhere throughout your body, when your body experiences tension, magnesium is mother nature's muscle relaxant. Well, when I started to understand that, and you know, here I was in my in my 20s, like I was I was a stressed out hot mess. Like I mean, it was really bad. And I was like and I started to think about and and then the things that I was doing to try to make myself feel better, like training for a marathon or maybe today it's like hit workouts or you know, lifting heavy those were further exacerbating contraction, right? right? And then around the time of my period, that was more contraction in my body and all of these things Uh, And it was just the absence of, or what I prefer to call an insufficiency. I think this is important to distinguish. I was insufficient in magnesium for what my body personally needs. I probably wouldn't have tested with a clinical deficiency of magnesium. I had a good diet. You know, I got in a lot of whole grains and all of these other things, uh, beans, you know, and some of these uh, good sources of magnesium, but, and definitely dark chocolate. 
but I wasn't getting a sufficient amount for my body um, to be able to use. And I also had to look at calcium, which we'll talk about in a minute. So a deficiency would have meant that I would be in the hospital because magnesium is responsible when, for that relaxation of your heart muscle. So there's all these things where there's that relaxation or you know, magnesium with vitamin D and calcium are responsible for our bone health. You know? So if there was a true deficiency, um, I would have been more unhealthy and we would have seen that. And so it's a real dance these days to help guide people towards optimizing their intake for them individually, as opposed to just looking at what the recommended daily allowances are from, a, you know, the RDAs from a, a, a clinical standpoint or what might be perceived as a or what might be tested and shown to be a clinical deficiency. So I'll stop yeah. there. I just took you on a whole crazy journey. But there there you have it. That's my my love affair with magnesium began. And I I kind of never ended, but I have evolved my take on it. So maybe we'll get there as we go along. Well, First, thank you. I mean, uh, you had me literally sitting on the edge of my seat yeah. with that story. Um, <laughs> and I wish that we could just we could have like, I don't know, done like an in-person interview for that. But but here's the thing that I feel like you touched on that is is very much what inspired us to want to do this particular podcast episode and talk to you is that like statistically speaking, Carolyn and I are super science nerds, which I'm sure you understand now, like being a dietitian and having a, you know, such a strong medical background in your family. But so statistically speaking, there's something what, like 2% of people are actually maybe deficient in magnesium, but they're also the other side of the coin is that that there's an estimation that 75% of us um, have insufficient amounts or levels. And that gets to what you were saying, where there is, you know, is your body signaling, you know, that it is in dire need of magnesium? No. Could you stand to have some more? Yes. Like, absolutely. Um, I lost track of where I was going. But well, I think it may be signaling that you need some more in more subtle ways, but they're not yes. ways that we know to look. So what are, say someone isn't progressed to the point that you had gotten, but what are your common everyday ways that your body says, I need some magnesium that we, what that are we some common overlook. signs? Yeah. Like that, that are really easy to overlook. Like you, like you were maybe being like, oh yeah, it's normal. My family has like belly issues. Totally. So absolutely. Number one, hands down is if you are constipated um, and this is what drives like this is what's hard. And to the fiber conversation, when we hear constipation, we hear take in fiber. If you put fiber into a system that doesn't have enough magnesium and isn't as a result having sufficient motility, the person is just going to be bloated. Um, Mm. And it it can even feel more painful by adding in the fiber, which was almost always my experience. I was on a high fiber diet and, you know, I was miserable in that way. So constipation, absolutely number one. Um, If you are stressed out, no joke, like, I mean, how many of us, right? During COVID, I was like, hey, let's just focus on magnesium recipes all day long. You know, like, (laughs) how how can I get it in? Um, So if your shoulders are coming up here or you wake up in the morning and you're, you know, you on a scale of one to 10 and you're like a seven or greater in terms of that, if you're not able to, if your body physically is not able to relax, we have to look at, at the magnesium side. Now, what can symptoms of stress, I mean, we might intuitively or mentally know we have stress, but how is it presenting in our body? Um, tension, so tension, headaches, um, muscle aches. So magnesium is really popular with athletes or people as they're training, you know, going through that part. 
Um, I work with my uh, pregnant women on, I don't typically use an increase in magnesium supplements, but I also will look at, you know, uh, the ability to make sure you're getting insufficient in enough magnesium, you know, as you're going through your pregnancy. Um, so those are pretty significant. Uh, diabetes or elevated blood sugar, magnesium plays a role. You know, so if you're pre-diabetic or uh, maybe you're using a continuous glucose monitor because you're healthy, but you're trying to figure out how to balance your blood sugar, we can look at how magnesium uh, can play a role in giving you more rolling hills, you know, than peaks and valleys. Um, and then uh, for women, especially uh, as you're going into um, getting your period, if you notice in those 10 days before your period that um, you're either constipated or you're dealing with significant cramping, then magnesium can play a key role uh, in there. The list can really go on, but it's tension and that we, the observation of tension that we then want to be able to do that relaxation. So a place where it's also really commonly looked at is before sleep. So the idea if you have trouble falling asleep, mm -hmm. magnesium may be helpful there. There's a whole clinical application side as well, where we look at, I talked to you about my mental health. I mean, I was proudly in therapy. I was so glad that I was in therapy, um, but until I fixed my physical body, I wasn't able to, you know, sort of access what I needed to do in, in therapy. Um, but magnesium, certain forms of magnesium uh, can impact your neurotransmitters, uh, and that can be really helpful too. So, you know, we know how the gut is so connected to the brain, for, to brain and emotional health. And so there is a connection in there as well. Yeah, a lot of signals that we might be missing. Yeah, yeah. How might it show up in terms of like mental health? Like what are some of those? And I, you know, I asked because that's really where we like to focus, right, on the podcast is that intersection. So like are we talking anxiety, depression? Like, I, you know, I do – I know I had seen a little bit on apathy, which I, I found quite mm -hmm. fascinating. Like any of those that you could you could speak to? Yeah, and – you know, what's interesting is, I mean, magnesium is a foundational nutrient. It's an essential nutrient. We need to get it in. So for better health across the board, we've got to be sure that we're meeting our body's needs. And that includes better mental health on that piece. It's why I'm actually really focused on it for kids, especially too, um, uh, because we may not be able to hear necessarily what the kids, you know, that the kids are sharing those signals, uh, you know, on that piece. But yeah, absolutely from a mental health standpoint. So um, anxiety is a huge one because remember, anxiety is going to be it isn't it's a, a, a an internal tension, if you will. Um, sometimes with uh, and this is out of my scope in terms of terms of clinical diagnosis. So I want to be careful. Um, or just acknowledge that, you know, so I might say obsessive compulsive, uh, so OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, there may be more appropriate ways to say it, or there may be distinctions in that. Um, but uh, in that space where someone is uh, trying to, to, to work on relaxing and being able to be comfortable with things maybe being what is uh, less than perfect, you know, or, or, mm -hmm. or needing to see things organized a certain way. Um, so that is, again, tension that's occurring, you know, in from a, a mental health standpoint, um, PTSD, uh, PTS, I think it is. And then there, I think it's now more appropriately uh, referred to as PTS. So any trauma um, is trauma when it's embedded in the body. There's a lot of tension. Now, I want to be really clear. And remember, I said my positioning evolved when I met magnesium. I met it in a supplement form. Um, and a big part of that was because my digestion was a mess. And also we were using it at night to help me sleep. Remember I, I mentioned panic attacks and all, all of these things. A lot of that for me was happening in the evening, but we were also using it for, for digestive health. 
The supplement was really helpful for me in that space, but what nobody actually did was evaluate my total nutrition intake of magnesium. So from foods and supplements, what am I getting in? And then magnesium works in opposition to calcium. So calcium is mother nature's muscle contractor. And we might think, Ooh, I don't want that contraction. We always think about calcium as like building strong bones. And it's like, you know, it gets in there and it makes things we need that. We absolutely need that, but we need to have a sufficient balance of the magnesium and the calcium on that part. And when you look at our RDAs, you'll see things like, you know, magnesium RDA is 400 milligrams and calcium's, you know, a thousand or 1200 milligrams. Plus we'll also <laughs> see that practitioners, depending on who someone is, might even, your doctor might even recommend a calcium supplement and they haven't even looked at how much calcium you're eating. So I've had people who are at like two, three, 4,000 milligrams of calcium, including their supplements. And then they're down here at 400 milligrams of magnesium. So theoretically their magnesium intake would be fine to avoid deficiency, but isn't optimal for them. But we have to actually adjust their calcium intake in order to make it easier for that calcium and magnesium balance of contraction and relaxation to occur. Mm -hmm. And what I am very careful for us to think about today is that this, this isn't a supplement only intervention. We need to be looking at our food. One of the reasons is the, the when we talk about that number, 70, 75% of people may be at risk for insufficiency of magnesium. Um, depending on how we define that, I even think the number is higher. Well, number one, when you refine a shaft of wheat, so if I take wheat that's in the field and I take it over and I turn it into white flour, I've lost 70% of the magnesium. I actually learned that when I went to the Rodale Institute and we looked at you know, nutrients that are grown there. And then in addition, when we farm a certain way, so if we farm with a lot of chemicals, the chemicals um, will, uh, um, application to both the soil and to the plant, those will remove minerals from the soil. So we may just have, we may already be starting off with an insufficiency of magnesium in the soil, but if we then process the magnesium out of it, we're going to be at a, at a lesser amount. And then we, a lot of us are, you know, following, I've had a lot of people who will say, Either they're not eating beans anymore, they're not eating carbohydrates, or they're really reducing their carbohydrate intake. When I have somebody who comes to me who's maybe paleo or keto or who, who has been following like in the old days, it was like South Beach or Atkins or, you know, any of those approaches, right. that was going to be a place where I immediately looked at, you know, magnesium to see, hey, where are we from a food standpoint? There are plenty of foods or there are few foods that are non-carbohydrate that, you know, provide uh, magnesium. And so can we meet our needs from a food standpoint initially, and then we can look at, at the supplementation side. And there's also a lot of really bad magnesium supplements out there. So I'll, I'll pause there, but a lot to consider and not just to hear me say, oh, look at what magnesium, these signs that you could be getting and now just go out there and grab supplements because you may actually be missing. It may be a Band-Aid and not even a good Band-Aid, you know, in, in that regard as well. Okay. So should someone decide that they need to supplement along with what they're getting in their diet? I get overwhelmed when I look at the magnesium supplements. Um, can you break it down for us? I've heard some are better for certain things or, or what do we need to look for? So, I mean, we're, we're a bunch of practitioners chatting. I don't think someone, i.e. any of us, this includes me, myself, should decide that I need a supplement. So what my company, the Better Nutrition Program, what we uh, do these days is we give practitioners tools that allow you to very easily assess total nutrition. 
If you test a lab, you can see in certain regards what's, if you do a lab test, you can see in certain regards what's in the body, but we don't know why. Like if you're low in something or high in something, what's going on? So I want to know, are you eating these foods? Are you taking these supplements, you know, et cetera. And then I'll be able to personalize your supplement recommendation. So point number one, stop wasting time and money. And any of these companies out there that are selling you a blood test and then selling you their supplements, they're not personalizing it unless they're asking you specifically about what you're eating during the day and what you're doing from a physical activity standpoint, et cetera, what a practitioner would be doing. So I wholeheartedly believe you're better suited with a practitioner. Now, not all practitioners know about supplements and supplement quality. So I appreciate that. So that's where you can go to. The second phase is there are two areas you need to look in in a magnesium supplement. One is the form of the supplement and the other is the form of the magnesium. So the first part with the form of the supplement, if I have digestive issues, my digestion may not break down a tablet or a capsule as effectively. So it may be better for me to choose a powder um, a spray, an oil. Um, I could use an Epsom salt bath and you know have things uh, absorbed. And I'll, I'll talk about those in a moment. So that form, that powder uh, that I add into water or whatever, it may be easier on my system. Likewise, before bed, I may not want to have a ton of water. And so I might need something that I can you know dissolve into you know, a smaller amount on that part. Now, If I'm using magnesium to address a specific um, ache or pain, like maybe with an athlete or, you you know, you pulled a a muscle in the back or something like that, that's where rubbing in an oil or sitting in an Epsom salt bath might be more favorable on that piece. So the form is going to be really important to you. And when you look at the form of a supplement, you also want to, and this goes for every supplement. So this isn't just for magnesium. You want to evaluate the other ingredients that are in there. First of all, make sure they align with what other choices you make in your uh, in your diet and you know overall on that part. If you're gluten-free, you would need your supplement to be gluten-free as an example. But there are a lot of binders and fillers that can be used and other ingredients that could, depending on your health needs, be problematic or not something you want to get in every day uh, in a consistent amount. So I w- that's, again, why I think it's better to work with your practitioner, but that's something to evaluate. Now, when we look at magnesium, magnesium is a mineral. In order to be delivered to you, there are things that are done to that magnesium. And so that's where you hear things like magnesium oxide, magnesium citrate, magnesium glycinate, magnesium malate, magnesium threonate, and I could go on. Number one, many of these have significantly different price points. So if I am using something therapeutically, which means you came to me and I'm working with your psychologist or your psychiatrist and we're matching this with your medication and we are using something specifically to complement a medication to address your uh, something from a mental health standpoint. I then may say to you, here's the cost of this ingredient and I really need you to get it in. And this is this is why I would pay for that higher price point. For others, we may not be, we may be using it, you know, for digestive health or something else equally important, but we may be able to uh, turn around and say, okay, at a lower price point, we can still get significant benefits. The only one that I really tell people to look at and just move away from is if you see magnesium oxide, it's just not absorbed well for the majority of people. It's the least expensive. We see it everywhere. Uh, but in something not being absorbed well, you think you're getting it in and then you're not you're not getting the benefits on that part. So I usually use that as a flag, like say your multivitamin or multimineral or something else has magnesium oxide. I usually move on from, from that product. 
Magnesium citrate can be used um, specifically for digestive if you are somebody who is constipated. If you have loose stools, you don't want to use magnesium citrate. Um, that citrate, that and it's combined there with citric acid, so for some people, they're avoiding citric acids, then they wouldn't want to use that form. But magnesium citrate is one that um, more is going to attract water and as a result have you, you know, help you with elimination. Magnesium glycinate, what you're hearing in there is glycine. You're hearing about an amino acid. And then we could be thinking about our neurotransmitters. I like to even have my patients use glycine at night as a, you know, in, in sort of helping that relaxation. I use magnesium glycate, glycinate for the anxiety, for, um, you know, the sleep, for the sort of the, um, the mental and physical health of the relaxation. My favorite is actually looking at a blend. So I like a blend of glycinate, malate, might have three and eight, you know, some of these others in there. Um, and then I like to just look at the sources of the magnesium. But again, I'll, I'll talk to the individual and, you know, I know enough to be able to say, hey, what do we think is the, is the right product there? But that's enough to give you guidance. We just really have to be careful. Carolyn, I think one of the things that you were saying is so important is that supplements today can be made from like such poor quality ingredients. And since we're taking them on a daily basis, they may be more problematic for you than, you know, so a great example is let's say you're trying to eat organic fruits and vegetables because you're saying, oh, I want to, you know, avoid pesticide residues. Well, there could be pesticide residues in your supplement and you're getting them in, in a concentrated amount on a consistent, on a daily basis. That's going to be less helpful for you. So I also look at those kinds of things when evaluating uh, different products on that part. That's a great point. Okay. And you touched on Epsom salts. I know this is yes. something Briarly and I've been waiting to ask you about. I discovered Epsom salt about a year ago or really started implementing it in my kids' life and mine. And oh my gosh, I was like, you know, I always thought it was, oh, maybe it's relaxing, you know, relaxing bath or whatever. It makes a huge difference. Like I've got one child that will not miss a day without it. Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So is yeah. that, so can we, but I was like, I guess magnesium can be absorbed that way. So tell us like. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All you have to do is get into the bath and get out of the bath with the Epsom salts in there. And there's actually like near me. I mean, so if it's hit up Columbus, Ohio, it's pretty much a trend across the country. But there are float baths, right, that you can get into that have just tons and tons of that magnesium salt in there. Now, you do want to check bath salts to make sure that they actually have magnesium in there because there's a lot of products that are being sold as bath salts now. And I look at the labels and you'll just see sodium, but you don't oh. actually see the magnesium there. So oh. um, do pay attention. You know, if you're in the, I, I was in the grocery store the other day and I'm like, oh, look at these different brands. I'm like, but I want to make sure I'm getting magnesium in mine. Super effective way. Um, I love it on that part. You know, I learned about it early on for people with hemorrhoids. Like, so that was my in initial introduction. I thought like kind of old people with either foot problems or hemorrhoids were the only ones that used Epsom salts, right? Like that's yeah. where you sit in. And Our oh my gosh, game changer. Are, yeah. Your athletes. Yep, exactly. And what, and it's really, really powerful that way. Um, we see, you know, sort of in the biohacking world today, you know, the cold baths and the magnesium, like those two things as a way to, again, really um, take, take the system down. Everything we're trying to do today in that space is to turn off that fight or flight response and get into more of a sympathetic, you know, where we're in a more of a parasympathetic state so that we're more relaxed on that piece. Baths can be great. The only thing that I would caution with baths is if you're doing Epsom salt bath, when you get out of the bath, so two things. One, 
is if you're dirty, like with kids and they get in, they sit in the back, <laughs> yeah. you want to make sure we get them clean. Right. Like, so yeah. I've had people where they get like, and I'm just a total straight shooter. So like they get butt acne or they've got other things going on. I'm like, hold on a second. We got to clean ourselves off after the bath. Um, but the other thing is, especially as we go into winter, there's a drying effect to that, um, to the salts that are in there. Okay. So it may be that after the bath, you want to put a little, either a lotion or a coconut oil, or sometimes I'll even, um, you know, put a little bit of oil into the bath, like maybe a little castor oil, if somebody is dealing with more digestive issues or things like that, but it can be a great way to absorb and, uh, benefit from the, from magnesium on that part. Yeah. Is there absolutely. any kind of, um, like minimum time that you need to stay in it? You know, I think what's interesting on that part is um, it's really experiential. So, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, there isn't a, in my mind, so professionally, I've never said sit in that bath for three minutes. Right. <laughs> um, I think that if you, depending for, you know, certain things, you might say, oh, soak for 20 minutes or, you know, do that kind of thing. But there really isn't any need to uh, define a time period. What you're going to notice is as you're sitting in there, I would say anywhere in the um, after about five minutes through about 20 minutes, you're going to get some great benefits on that part. Now, the real question is, if I stay in there much longer, I've been known to like just hang out in the bath for like an hour, you know, or I'm just like laying there. I'm like, I don't know if after 20 minutes I'm actually absorbing much more. I just think I'm so happy and relaxed that, you know, that's that's that it's experiential on that part. But I don't think that at a certain point you're absorbing that much more. Yeah. Okay. So we are like way up on time, but I have to ask you a personal question while I have you. Not about you, about me. <laughs> don't worry. Yeah. Okay. No, no, go for it. So, um, how about magnesium malate? So you talked about the, some of the other forms. You said that you like a blend, but what about the malate one? Yeah, and I thought I mentioned that in there, at like with three and eight, we see it a little bit less, um, but I've loved it, you know, and, and typically what I'll see with malate, because it can be a little bit more expensive, is uh, that it's combined in a blend rather than somebody's right. just getting in magnesium malate. But yeah, I, I think it's a great form. Um, really, as I said, really the only one that I at this point have said, oh, I want to steer clear of is magnesium oxide. Um, but the others I think can be extremely useful. And with malate, I don't, I personally don't know as much about its mechanism of action as I do about the glycinate with the glycine and sort of neurotransmitter on that part. But I do know that it's used in a lot of space. It's also used from a mental health standpoint. Okay. And then my other question was, how about chews? Where do chews fall in the form of digestion compared to like we did, you talked about a pill, right? You talked about a powder. Sure. Yeah, that was just my mistake. And full disclosure, I created the kids and adult minerals for Smarty Pants. So, um, or I co-created with them. Oh, wow. Uh, and we that love was that brand. That brand. Yeah, right. And great product. Um, and one of my early things, I mean, I re literally remember talking to Courtney, the founder uh, and Gordon, and I was like, I, you know, I love Smarty Pants. Um, we got vitamins in here and they're like, yeah, we can't fit the minerals in. I'm like, okay, well, like every year it was like, okay, we need to have the two we need because I, I, we can't give your body what it needs without getting that part in. Um, and so the chews are super effective on that piece. The awesome. only thing I ever tell people to look at with anything that's a chew is 
um, factor in and look at the sources of sugar. So I'm very comfortable with sugar. So, you know, it's it, not too much sugar or that piece, but if we're using a little bit of sugar, we're using honey or we're using, but when it comes to sweeteners and other things that are in there, if it's an issue, uh, if there's an ingredient in there that could be an issue for you digestively, or if it could be an issue for you from a dental health standpoint or anything else, just pay attention to that part. And that's where your practitioner will be helpful. But, um, I, you know, personally, I'm, I'm a big fan of the chews. Yeah. Sweet. Awesome. Well, we have kept you beyond your time, and I apologize, but I, I could talk to you for another hour, I think. This, you are just such a wealth of knowledge. Oh, thank you. I mean, this was amazing. I'm, I'm with Carolyn. I could totally talk to you for another hour, and, and you would, of course, need to invoice us. Um, <laughs> so... The only thing that I would just I would like to quickly add at the end is, do you have any resources um, either through the Better Nutrition Program or through any, you know, anywhere else that you like that we could direct listeners to either get more information or get advice or find a practitioner? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for asking. So first of all, all of our practitioner, any practitioner who has the Better Nutrition Program Toolkit has the menus, the magnesium menu and the magnesium evaluation. There's also a calcium evaluation. So there's nothing like that that existed. That's how I ended up starting this company. And these are great quizzes. And so I usually direct people to that or I tell people to tell their practitioner, hey, can you just get this? Because the practitioner buys it once and then they can give it out to whomever, you know, on that part. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. You are a wealth Yay. of knowledge. Thank you. Oh, thanks. Sorry. I went on a little bit, but, you know, I, I get so excited about that one. You did amazing. Thank you, awesome. Ashley. Thanks. Awesome. Have a great day, you guys. Too. Thanks. You too. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for joining us for the Happy Eating Podcast. I'm Briarly Horton. And I'm Carolyn Williams. If you liked this week's episode, then don't forget to rate and leave us a review on iTunes. And be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll never miss a new episode. We can't wait to have you back at our table next week for a brand new episode. Bye. Bye. The contents discussed in the Happy Eating Podcast, such as advice, studies, text, graphics, images, and other material discussed or presented on the site or podcast are for informational purposes only. Content is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health providers with any questions you may have regarding your condition. Never disregard professional advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on the Happy Eating Podcast. If you are in crisis or think you may have an emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. If you're having suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK, that's 8255, to talk to a skilled, trained counselor at the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. If you are located outside the United States, call your local emergency line immediately.